You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For everything everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. It is Raiders week. It is, I guess, George, can we call it revenge week as the Colts do face Joshua Gamas as a head coach for the first time uh, since the infamous uh, left at the altar incident back in 2018. So, yeah, what the hell? We'll call it. There's not enough storylines for this game anyway, George. So why not add a little revenge to it, you know? Why not, right? A revenge <laughs> game with Joshua Daniels and a revenge game from uh, last season in, in week 17, uh, the, the loss that, that started this entire tailspin for this team. I mean, you win that game last year, who knows? We might be having a, a completely different conversation right now. So, uh, yeah, lots of revenge going on and uh, lots of unknown, right? That's what we're here for. Lots of revenge, lots of unknown, lots of storylines. We'll break it all down for you in this episode, of course. If you get set for Raiders Colts on Sunday, Jeff Satter make his coaching debut. We'll kind of talk about what to expect for that in a second, but also we'll give you a Raiders perspective. Scott Scott Branson of Silver and Black today will join us uh, later on in the show to kind of preview what the hell is going on in Las Vegas because, boy, oh, boy, they have a lot of issues. For all the issues the Colts have there, George, Raiders as well have a ton of issues to figure out as well. And, of course, we gave you our game picks, and not to brag, George, we are on a two-game winning streak. Now, coincidentally, we both picked against, or unfortunately, I guess, is the right word to say, if you want wins, we picked against the Colts two weeks in a row. We are two for two. Try to go three for three this week. Hey, we're on a roll. We, we've got momentum. You know, it's this is the time of year you got to get hot, get ready for the playoffs. So, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're heading in the right direction. Did I get enough coaching cliches in there? Yeah. <laughs> Sound like Jeff Sauter himself. Man, hey, maybe if, if Jim Mercy is listening and things don't go well, you could finish out the season, George, in a few weeks. Hey, yeah, I'm always ready to take that paycheck. I'll tell you that. I'm not gonna. I I'm not even gonna say that I might not be good or I might I might be bad. I know I'll be <laughs> awful, but I will. I can cash a check. I feel like I can do that. That's that's the one thing you are good at. Going to the bank and saying, "Please direct deposit this right into the uh, checking mm-hmm. account." Thank you very much. Uh, so we've talked, obviously, uh, George, a ton about Jeff Saturday this week from the press co- from the initial news he was being hired to reaction to the press conference. So now let's actually talk about football when it comes to Jeff Saturday. What kind of head coach he's going to be? Jim Ursay in his press conference on Monday, introducing Jeff Saturday, mentioned that he is glad Jeff uh, Jeff Saturday has no coaching experience because he didn't want him basically to coach scared like a lot of other coaches do in the NFL. Then Jeff Saturday on Wednesday said basically he's not going to be as aggressive as Frank Reich. When it's fourth down, you know, and you're in field goal territory, he's going to take the points. He's going to take the three instead of kind of going for maybe going for the for the seven and the touchdown. So, expectation wise, George, what do you kind of think we'll see from Jeff Saturday on Sunday, and when it comes to coaching style and kind of what he'll bring kind of to this Colts team? Yeah, you know, we don't have a lot to go on. Obviously, only his words right now, and and he's going to try to hide as much as he can because you know it's in his best interest. 
he's not going to come out and tell us here's the game plan and and neither sparks Frazier. Uh, you know, that's not going to help anybody quite clearly. But I think if you look at his background and, and you pair that with what we've heard from him, what you would expect from an offensive lineman. I mean, what do they want to do? They want to run the ball. They want to lean on the defense. They want to establish their dominance. I think that's what you're going to see. You know, I, I think that's what he wants to do. Uh, and I think, honestly, that's when this football team's been at their best the last five years. You want to go back and, and, and look at when this team was rolling. It's when they were able to go out there and enforce their will on the opposition. The question is, do they have the personnel to do that anymore? You know, we talked about it uh, pretty much all year long. We lost a couple of really good guards uh, in the offseason. For all Eric Fisher's faults, he was a pretty good run blocker out there most of the year till the end of the year. Uh, you lost Jack Doyle, who Frank Reich said was the best blocking tight end in the league. And you lost Zach Pascal, who all say might be the best blocking wide receiver in the league. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an awful lot for that running game to make up for. Uh, but I think that's what they're going to lean on. And Parks Frazier, I think, kind of went along those same lines. He was very careful not to give away too many hints. But I asked him specifically, you know, do you know what's gone wrong in the running game? Do you have ideas for how to fix it? And he said, yeah, I've got ideas, but I'm not going to share them. But he also said, you know, we need to turn it around, and that's the goal on, on Sunday. So I, I think all indications are it's going to be run the ball, play good defense, get some plays in special teams. That's the formula moving forward. I think it's going to be tough, especially this week specifically, to truly kind of see Jeff Saturday's handprints all over the team just because, again, it's he's so new. He's just still trying to – learn names, let alone, you know, get schemes and everything else. So I think the one tangible area or really two tangible areas we'll see on Sunday, especially is kind of what you mentioned. I think the run game, I think as a former offensive lineman, and it's really someone who kind of realizes Sam Ellinger right now in the two games, they try to throw the ball, especially a lot, especially you kind of saw in new England, did not go very well, uh, go very well whatsoever. So I don't think this is going to be a game. Where we're going to see Sam Ellinger throwing the ball 45 times or per se, or kind of lean on the, on the pass game. I do think you're right. I do think even with right now, whether Jonathan Taylor plays or not, kind of the influx at running back that is with all the injuries that have piled up in the position, I do think we will see a more run-heavy uh, run team from this Colts offense than we've really seen really at any point so far this season. I think the other thing to hit on it is conservative nature. Not, you know, I think anytime it's fourth and short, I still think he'll opt for the field goal over, you know, uh, over going for it and maybe scoring a touchdown or maybe if it's, you know, close to midfield, you still punt instead of going for it. Like, I do think we'll get more of a little bit conservative nature than, again, Frank Reich, who was a gambler, was more of an the aggressive type that's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And those are the two areas, George, we'll definitely see the most. Week one especially, when he mentioned before, I like the quote that he is, uh, Jeff Satter said he's drinking water from a fire hose right now. It would have kind of felt like when he's just trying to scramble and catch up. I think that's that's really kind of kind of what we'll see so far. More emphasis on the run game. We'll see how, how that really goes. And then definitely a more conservative nature when it comes to taking points when they're there. Yeah, and, I th and we talked on the midweek pod about it's going to be tough for them all year to really put much of an imprint on here. You're not going to come right. in and change the offense to a completely new system. and You're not going to come in and change the defense. You know, they're not going to suddenly become a 3-4 defensive team. You know what I mean? Like, th there's only so much that can be done in week 10 to begin with. But I think one of the things that he talked about in one area that we probably will see impact in, uh, but it's intangible. So it's going to be interesting to see how it works. He said, look, I've got, I've got to come in here and be a leader. I've got to I've got to put these coaches in the best situation and let them put the players in the best situation. You know, I think one of the biggest things that he's done already is is kind of cut through the chaos a little bit. You know, I think that was job number one. You had Monday was a circus atmosphere around here. Tuesday, it just fed on itself. You know how it is in these 24-hour news cycles right now. 
when you put something bad out there like that press conference on Monday, it was 24 hours Tuesday of just replaying that, you know, late night style jokes. Uh, it, it was a very negative atmosphere uh, anywhere you turned. And I think on Wednesday, Saturday did a good job of coming into the room and being the adult in the room. And, and like I said, they were missing Frank Reich on Monday. I think Saturday did a good job of, of kind of filling in for Reich in that regard. He came in and he, he kind of, look, there's a plan. We're not throwing in the towel. We're, it's us against the world. I've, I've told the guys this. We're going to put them in the right situations. We're going to go and give it our best shot. And it might work and it might not, but it's not going to be for lack of effort. It's not going to be because of dysfunction or chaos or circus or anything else that got rightfully used the you know previous part of the week. Uh, but I think what was interesting about that, you know, I asked Stephon Gilmore to get to do the name dropping now, you know, in the locker room. <laughs> uh, I said, is that one of the salvations here that no matter what else is going on, one of the great things about football is you control what happens on the field. So everything else can go out there. I can say whatever I want to say. The national media can say whatever they want to say. Our podcast can, you know, feel however we want to feel, but ultimately the players now it's in their hands. You know, they're the ones that are going to go out there on Sunday and, and win or lose. And, and that's how everybody's judged in this league. And Gilmore said, yeah, you know, that's, that's absolutely the case. And, and right now they're in a situation where winning is, is, is the only thing that's going to get them out of this, you know, go out there and win on Sunday. And a lot of the conversation changes. And so I think that's a great thing about the league. Everybody can have their feeling, but, you know, there's a scoreboard, and, and at the end of the day, it's going to tell the story that matters. This week and this Sunday, how the team plays, forget about wins or, you know, win or loss, but I think just the effort they show is going to be really interesting to watch. You've been at practice this week, George. Is there a sense, because the Colts, to their credit, whether it's Chris Bowd in the, in the very short time he spoke on Monday, or Jeff Saturday, who's, like I said, especially Wednesday, really kind of wowed and kind of rallied, you know, at least the media in, in Indy kind of just show you like this guy is at least leadership wise, you kind of started to see why Je uh, Jim Mercer brought him in for that leadership perspective. You kind of saw it a little bit on Wednesday. Do you get the sense player wise that they are buying into Jeff Saturday and at least will play hard? Or do you kind of get the sense that, look, the season's over. We're three, five and one. This We've just been a laughing stock uh, uh, across the nation for the last week. And this is kind of them just kind of going through the motions and throwing in the towel. Now, yeah, I think Saturday came in and brought some energy. I think that same energy he had in his press conference sounds like he had the same energy in the, in the team meeting the first time he got in front of the room. Everybody, you know, from the players to Gus Bradley uh, that we talked with said he, he hit a home run there. You know, it was better than you could probably have hoped for because it was a really tough situation for him coming in uh, into that room and, and, and talking to these guys for the first time and, and everything that's going on. Uh, and it felt like, you know, he, he has a lot of credibility. It's one thing DeForest Buckner said. They know what he did as a player. He's been there. He understands the situation they're in. And I think one of the things he said that really resonated with the team was, you know, he loved Frank Reich too. And he's been sitting in their, their seats and he knows that there's a lot of guys who are hurting right now and that's okay. You know, but the way now to, to go forward is to honor him and, and to play the way he wanted you to play and finish out the season the way he'd want you to finish out the season. I think for now that's helped them put a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I, I think the feeling in the locker room, especially Wednesday, was, look, everybody's written us off. I think Ryan Kelly said it flat out. Everybody's already written us off. We're not going to write ourselves off. We're going to go out there and prove you wrong. Um, as I said before about, you know, when, when Frank Reich was trying to say Sam Ellinger's, you know, elevation and, and Marcus Brady's fire, firing were, were nothing but indications that they were trying to make the playoffs, there's, there's a shelf life on this kind of thing. It's a right. great push. There's, there's some juice now, but... You got to go on Sunday and win or, and I think the players, 
as much as they're energized, as much as they they like Jeff Saturday as a person, I think they can see his leadership. They're still waiting too because you don't know until you get out there in the fire. And and he has to make that fourth down call where he has to try to figure out what's going wrong in the third quarter and and get things turned around. That's when this story is really going to be told. You're 100% right because it sounds good now. We have no, you know, it's kind of like training camp all over again, the preseason where it, the, the talking season sounds good. And you could talk yourself into this working. And, oh, yeah, wow, the leadership is there. And, you know, he could command a team and command a locker room and guys will buy in. You're 100% right. Until the bullets are flying and, and the results are out there and it's a split decision, fourth down, you go or, or kick or, hey, you know, timeout wise, two minute drill, can you go for it or, or are you going to, you know, play conservative? It's that's really where guys like I said, are either going to rally around the impressiveness of Jeff Saturday or start to tune him out or question him again. If you're making decisions that are head scratching, we kind of see it across like across the league. The thing happened with the Broncos, and he's obviously more involved because he's calling plays. But that guy lost a team within the first two weeks because they're looking at him like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And so you are right, like it sounds good now, but until you actually are, you know, having um, until actually the, the games are being played and you're seeing the decisions he's making. That is truly when we'll actually see whether, whether or not uh, Jeff Saturday will, uh, you know, his voice will be heard and the team will kind of rally around him and almost use this week for all the circus, all the negativity surrounding them. Use it as a chance again if Sap Jeff Saturday can can channel this in a positive way to galvanize the group and kind of show some, you know, show some fight here down the stretch of the last eight games. Yeah, and you know, and Shaquille Leonard, he was really kind of open today. About a lot of things, about the fact that he's not feeling like himself, that that you know his, his calves just aren't firing the way that he really wants them to yet, and, and it's frustrating time because he's trying to get back to being who he is. Uh, when you're dealing with nerve issues like he was, it, it could happen overnight. He could wake up Sunday morning and suddenly it's good, or it could be you know something that never comes back. So, um, you know, one of the things that he was talking about in the midst of all this was, look, there's a lot of juice in this locker room right now. And, and a lot of guys bought in to, to what Jeff had to say, but that's not when wins football games. Right. And, you know, we got to go out on Sunday and execute as players, and he's got to go out and execute with the coaching staff. And again, you know, going back to what I said earlier, that's the great thing about the NFL. Everybody has opinions, and, and everybody can talk in, in, in a week leading up to the game. But Andrew Luck used to call it the greatest merit, meritocracy going, you know, because you get what you earn on the field. And, and ultimately, I think that's the salvation for this team right now. You have a circus that's gone on for a week. You might have questions about decisions that were made. You might have questions about, you know, what's going to happen going forward. But for those three, three and a half hours on Sunday, you're in control. And Jeff Sider, not the only coach that's kind of making his debut in a new role. As we know, Parks Frazier will take over as offensive coordinator for the Colts and call plays for the first time in his career. And that's another thing where we will see George kind of, you know, the new style. He said he's similar to Frank Reich in one sense, but we'll kind of do what's best for the offense and what kind of caves to Sam Ellinger's strengths. It's interesting. Parks Frazier was a guy who worked directly and closest with Sam Ellinger so far this season. So we've been talking about it for three weeks. So I just think I'm kind of beating my head against the wall, but I'm going to go down this route and say it again here, George, for the third week in a row. I think this is the week we're actually going to see more rollouts, more design runs, and Sam Ellinger rolling out of the pocket more than right now we've seen the first two weeks. You kind of see a more college-style offense than the more pro that's been running with Frank Reich in two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nobody on the staff who knows, theoretically, there's nobody on the staff who knows Sam better than Parks because he's been working with him since he came in, you know, since he was the number three guy. Uh, and, and very closely, like you said, working with him. So I, I think 
that's probably a good thing for Sam too. I, I look at him and, and we've talked about Jeff Saturday being in a bad spot. We talked about that a lot on the, the midweek pod, you know, that, that he's the stack, the deck's kind of stacked against him because of the situation as it is, there, there isn't a lot that he can do. It's, it's not the normal situation. A new head coach would come into. Uh, I think it's even worse for Sam Ellinger. I mean, I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How many guys, we, we talk about all the time, you need consistency for a young quarterback. He needs to have one voice in his head. He's had three. This will be his third career start and his third offensive coordinator and his second head coach. I mean, we we ripped teams for doing that over a four year period. Yeah, it's happened in three weeks for this young man. Uh, I think that's a really tough spot for him. Uh, but I do think, you know, if, if anyone's going to start to do the rollouts and, 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 you know, emphasize some of those things to try to give Sam a little bit more of an opportunity to, to express what he does the best, you would think it would be Parks. The other thing about Parks because I don't think a lot of people know who he is, uh, quarterback at Murray State himself. So he's been there, not at this level, but he's played the position, and I think that helps. You know, he's been behind center. He's taking these hits. He understands what a quarterback wants to hear when they're out there on the field. He understands, you know, viewing it through through that lens, and, and I think that's going to be – I think those things should be a benefit to Sam Ellinger on Sunday. Absolutely, and like I said, especially now with – so much going on. Like, the simpler you can make things, the better. I think that's honestly what this Colts team needs. Not that Frank Reich, I'm going to say, was complicating things too much or maybe, you know, having too vast of a playbook. But especially this week, I think stripping it down bare bones, George, and just kind of limiting it to a certain amount of plays that the quarterback is really comfortable with, I think it's going to benefit everyone. When you have so many moving parts, that head coach, offense coordinator, if you could just – the biggest thing right now is, right, is execution. I think that's a large part right now of why the Colts are where they are. They have failed to execute. They have failed to block. They failed to catch the ball, failed to throw the ball. If you can at least simplify everything around execution to make sure that at least these guys are just can run a play confidently, as, as sad as that is at this point, nine games into the season, I think that, that's the best strategy for this Colts team to have some sort of pulse or life on offense. Coming off of – what I would argue, Georgia, is probably their worst offensive output of the season. And I'd say something oh, yeah. considering they got shut out week two, and it was it was still ugly what we saw in New England uh, last week. Statistically, it's the worst output in 25 years in terms of yards. I mean, it, it was really, you know, an epically bad showing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now. Parks did mention one of his big goals is, is to simplify things. He sounded a lot like Nick Sirianni. Zach Kiefer told him that in the middle of the press conference. He said, well, maybe I picked something up from him, you know, because obviously he worked closely with Nick too uh, while he was here. But I do think it, it you know, a couple of, of like sort of clerical things, because I know people are going to wonder, he is going to call plays from the booth. He said that today. He won't be down on the sideline. Uh, that's new because obviously Frank's been on the sideline calling him for the last um, four and a half years. So, you know, does that perspective change things? I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday. Uh, but the other thing with him, you know, it's a huge learning curve for him too. We're talking about Sam learning on the job and all the things that he has to deal with. And, and Jeff Saturday, literally learning on the fly without a preseason game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times in, in NFL history, a head coach's literal debut was a regular season game in week 10, uh, you know, on the road. Uh, it, it, that's a lot for him as well. 
Parks is the same way. Uh, he hasn't called plays before in his career. The only time he's really been the play caller has been, he said, a few times in walkthroughs when they they split the squad and you were on two fields. He had one of the fields that he was handling. That's the the limit of his play calling experience right now. So uh, it's, it's, it's a really steep learning curve for arguably the three most important guys in the organization on Sunday. Two quick things here before we get to Scott here, George. Number one, it appears now, at least for Jonathan Taylor on Thursday, practicing for the second day in a row, that he at least is on track to play. Now, the Colts have had you know a lot of different influx and running back issues. You just signed, they signed James Funk to the practice squad, at least Philip Lindsay off of it. Can they, and I guess, you know, realistically, behind Jonathan Taylor, if he can play and is limited, or, you know, if he can, if he has a you know, flare up and still can't play on Sunday, who is the guy right now for the Colts? Because yeah, both Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay missing practice. Is it going to be possibly James Funk either as a one-two combo with John Taylor, maybe the guy? Uh, my guess right now would be Zach Moss, and and that's almost oh, that's, as, that's as right. scary of a situation um, because you know last year they last week they didn't even think that he was up to speed enough to to activate him, uh, and he could potentially be the starter on Sunday depending on how things break. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see at the time that we're doing this pod right now. Uh, they haven't released the Thursday report yet, so I don't know if. Taylor's full or limited. And, and in the past, uh, when he wasn't full at all during the week, he didn't play that week. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how things, you know, how the situation goes. Because as you mentioned, Deion Jackson didn't practice. Uh, Jordan Wilkins isn't practicing or wasn't at least on Wednesday. Um, so you're, you know, you're looking at probably best case scenario, Jonathan Taylor backed up by Zach Moss and, and James Funk. Um, and two of those guys have been here two weeks or less. So, yeah, yeah. Holy I mean, cow. I think there's a real look. The running game has not been good all year long. That's not I'm not breaking news here. On, on the pod. <laughs> and it, it, it's a real dire kind of situation in my mind this week, because, you know, Naeem Hines obviously isn't here anymore. He's in Buffalo. Deion Jackson does play. He's going to be limited. I mean, let's, he's got a knee injury. Right. I mean, you know, you saw a little bit of it in New England. It's, it's definitely going to hamper him. And. You know, if, if Jordan Wilkins plays, yeah, he knows the playbook from before, but he's only been here for a couple of weeks, come, been back as well, and, and he's obviously banged up, which wouldn't surprise you. I mean, the guy came in uh, off the street and had to go play an NFL game. It's not shocking that he came out dinged up a little bit from that experience. So, uh, yeah, I think on top of everything else they're dealing with, look, if Jonathan Taylor does play, he's, he's not going to be 100%. He hasn't been all year. And he's not going to be on Sunday. So the run game is is something they desperately need. And like so many other things, it, it's there's a lot of questions about what it's going to look like. And it's concerning because we just kind of talked about before. Sam Ellinger is not a guy you want to throw the ball 45 times. And especially to make Park's job easier in his first game ever as offense coordinator, if they could run the ball and have some sort of balance, his job as a play caller is going to be that much more simpler. Whereas if you're talking about limited bang, you know, we're talking about maybe a best case scenario, Jonathan Taylor playing, let's say most of the snaps or being on some sort of pitch count. You know, worst case, if he can't play and you're talking about, like you mentioned, Zach Moss or you know, James Funk even suiting up. You have guys that are unfamiliar with the offense and guys that are just off the street where that's not going to, you know, really present a, a, any sort of viable run game uh, right now, especially when the Raiders, one of their strengths, I mean, their they're secondary stinks, but they are pretty solid so far against the run. This might be a game where you, you have no choice but to throw the ball. And that's, that's very concerning because that does not favor the Colts um, whatsoever in this game. It could make the offensive struggles 
that much, you know, just continue them another week, even though, like you mentioned, you change offense coordinators, which by the way, really quick, I want to circle back to that. That has to be record, right? For Sam Ellinger, three offensive coordinators in three weeks. I have never, can't remember the time I had any sort of situation like that remotely happening any, anywhere uh, near that. That has to be some sort of record. So congrats to you, Sam, for, for, for making history, I guess we'll say. I, I, I tell you, it's, it's been a, a welcome to the NFL moment for him every week, uh, a brand new one. I will say this, as far as the run games goes, too, I think you, you probably will see more of the gimmicky type of things you saw against Washington uh, by necessity. If you've got right. you know a snap count for, for Jonathan Taylor and, and, and the other two guys you have have never had a carry for this team, uh, you know, get Paris Campbell involved in the run game a little bit again. Get Sam Ellinger involved in the run game in, in that college style offense. I think it's another thing that leads towards maybe that idea and more rollouts and give him a chance to, to keep the ball a little more often because you're going to have to find ways to move the football on Sunday. Uh, and, and there aren't a lot of obvious ones coming to my mind right now. Last thing I want to ask you here, George, before we get to Scott is this, do the Colts have the coaching advantage or, or just maybe an overall advantage going to this game? I would argue. Yes. Just because, with the NFL being such a root, not even routine, but just like game plan specific venture where, Hey, we know their tendencies. We know that they like to, they're predominantly run or predominantly pass. or they spread you out or power run, you know, teams really need to know other teams tendencies in order to kind of formulate a game plan. You are, you saw going in blind, George, brand new head coach off the street, offense coordinator who's never called plays before. You cannot have more of a mystery surrounding the Colts going to this game. And with the Raiders having their own problems with Josh McDaniels right now, I, I know they can't close 17-point lead and the Colts probably won't get to 17 points. That's a whole other thing they got. They don't have to worry about at least for one week. But there's so much mystery surrounding the Colts. I think it does kind of all the chaos around them. That does give them an advantage, at least early in the game here on Sunday. Yeah, I think you can make that case. Again, you got to execute. And I think that's what it comes down well, to. I mean, right. Um, if they're going to give up nine sacks and, and run for whatever that was three two something, a carry in, in new England, uh, then it doesn't probably matter much. Uh, but that it'll be interesting to see. And I think the other side of that, uh, is Gus Bradley, uh, who, who was in Las Vegas last year and knows that personnel very well. So on one side, you've got, you know, no clue what the offense is going to do on the other side, the Raiders know him. He knows them. Uh, it, it could be an interesting mix on, on Sunday. Absolutely, for sure, It'd be very exciting. I guess we'll see to what to to see what this offense for the Colts does look like as Jeff Saturday gets ready for his NFL coaching debut.